welcome to What About Us, a discussion about how state and national policies affect rural Tennessee. The purpose of this podcast is to strengthen the voice of rural Tennesseans so that we are not overlooked in policy decisions and allocation of tax dollars. Thank you to returning listeners and hello to new ones. I talked to many people about tuning in over the holiday. What About Us is available on iTunes and Google Play. Last time we talked with photojournalist Philip Lorenz about keeping up with local, state, and national news to not only question and verify sources of news stories, but to develop and use critical thinking skills before believing and passing on a questionable story. Philip asked me to make a correction in his comments. He said that NPR was a state news organization. Of course, it is national, national public radio, although there are local affiliates like Nashville and Atlanta, but still national. Um, Thank you, Philip. The title of today's podcast episode is How Have the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 Affected Small Businesses in Rural Tennessee? My guest is Linda Sherrill. Linda is well-known in Tennessee. She keeps up with a lot of people and a lot of issues. She's also a CPA and state director of the Tennessee Small Business Alliance, a perfect fit for today's topic. Hi, Linda. Hi, Sandy. Can you begin by telling us a little bit about the Tennessee Small Business Alliance? Uh, Yeah, so uh, the Tennessee Small Business Alliance uh, got started about a year and a half ago. Um, It was based on a growing awareness that a lot of small business owners, and we work with very small business owners, you know, most of them 10 employees or less, that these business owners were creating an outsized benefit to our communities and to our economy, and many times we're not getting the same um, benefits and breaks that their big business counterparts are getting. So, um, you know, we have uh, our, our elected officials, you know, love to talk about small businesses and, and um, you know, how valuable they are, but many times the policies that they pass are not uh, necessarily beneficial to small businesses. Um, so, so we started the Small Business Alliance to... Uh, encourage them to have a voice, to speak with their elected officials, to learn about the policies that are impacting them, and then, you know, to be able to speak to their elected representatives about um, the, the policies that they care about and creating a level playing field for them. Uh, you know, when I started the Small Business Alliance, I don't think I even realized what an impact small businesses have in Tennessee. According to the Small Business Administration, there are almost 600,000 small businesses in Tennessee alone, and those small businesses employ about 1.1 million people. That's 42.7% of the workforce in Tennessee. So in many ways, Tennessee's small business owners are the drivers of economic development in Tennessee, and we want to be sure that we're recognizing them and advocating for those small businesses in Tennessee and in our communities. Oh, good. Good. That's a lot of voices. So the Tax Cuts and Jobs Bill 2017, what was its goal? Well, there were several stated goals. Of course, like it says in the title, uh, one of the goals was to cut taxes, Um, Another goal was um, to simplify 
uh, uh, tax returns. And um, another was to give small businesses a break. Now, in actuality, what happened was uh, the, tech, the large businesses, corporations, uh, what, what's known in accounting terms as C-corporations, got a huge tax break. They got a 40% tax cut that is permanent. Small business owners got the equivalent of a 20% tax cut that is not permanent. So it makes it hard to plan. Well, yes, because they don't know, you know what will happen mm-hmm. when, uh, when these tax cuts expire for small businesses. Are there any elements of the Act uh, intended to benefit small businesses? And is there any uh, things that attempt to, to try to help them with their taxes? Yes. Um, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the big things that the Tax Cut and Jobs Act did was to give small businesses the ability to write off capital expenses in one year. Uh, this is known as a Section 179 deduction. Again, that's just a number in the tax code. But a small business owner can invest in a piece of capital equipment, say computer equipment, or you know equipment that they need in their business, or even renovate their existing location. And up to a million dollars, they can write all of that off in one year versus having to spread it out over multiple years, five to ten years. Okay, okay. So how is this um, working out for Tennessee so far? I know it's been only a year, but um, what do Tennessee small businesses think about this, these changes? Well, you know, the first thing I hear from small business owners is that it definitely has not simplified their tax return. Um, They appreciate uh, the fact that they do get that extra 20% deduction Mm -hmm. known as the pass-through deduction, which means that most of them, unlike large corporations, are reporting their business activity, their income income and expense, as part of their individual tax return. And that income passes through to their individual tax return on their 1040. Um, so, so what, what the Tax Cut and Jobs Act was did was to say, okay, report all of your income, all of your expense, your net income is a certain amount. Now take twenty percent more off of the off of your taxable income. So, you know, that's a help to them. That that's a big help to them. Um, it hasn't really, you know, most of them say that it hasn't really enabled them to expand their business. Um, They have not really uh, been able to add new employees. Um, They, again, have not, you know, seen tax simplification in this. If anything, it has added a layer of complication because um, they're now wondering if they should... um, incorporate themselves as corporations oh, so they can mm-hmm. get that 40% permanent tax deduction. Which, and some mom and pop groups couldn't, I mean, businesses couldn't do that at all. Well, they could, but, it, you know, they have to pay accountants and lawyers right, to right, do that. Right, right, right. So, uh, so, you know, that's sort of the trade-off. So it has, um, you know, I, th- I think while they appreciate sort of the tip of the hat to mm-hmm. them as mm-hmm. part of this Tax Cut and Jobs Act, 
they don't feel like that they have gotten the same recognition that these large corporations have. So it's have. still a struggle. I mean, many, you know, many of these large corporations are paying zero tax and I know. small business owners say, you know, we pay and we pay and we we feel like, you know, it is our civic you know, responsibility. We want our taxes to help make our country and our communities better. But what about you, us? Let's have yeah. What about us? And and let's have a little bit of sharing in terms of the tax burden. Mm-hmm. Let's not have Amazon paying nothing, mm-hmm. and we're trying to compete with them. Well, there's always the question whether they're providing jobs. Well, that balance. Where where does that balance really tip to? So much more advantage for a, 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 a something like Amazon, and really not so much. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had patients that work, you know, at Amazon, and it can be rough, rough work being a picker mm-hmm. or a stocker mm-hmm. or whatever, like you know that. Uh, no bathroom breaks, and mm-hmm. if you're sick a couple times, uh, that's it. Because there's a lot of applicants, you know, after your job, so mm-hmm. it 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 it's a, can be a mixed blessing. Mm-hmm. So, and we need to you know speak up and make sure that things are fair and equal, and people are being treated properly. Okay, a state policy that really affects small businesses is that of the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Tennessee defaults to the national rate of $7.25. There's been no change since 2008, although 29 states and dozens of cities have increased their minimum wage. Now, in 2008, um, the national and state economy uh, was different. There was a collapse of financial and real estate markets. Unemployment in Tennessee was 10.4%, and now it's quoted often as 3.2%. Minimum wage used to be a second or third income job for a family, uh, more of a supplement, maybe a teenager, uh, you know, working for a little um, gas money and uh, date night change. But in rural areas now, and broken, and with lots of broken families, um, the minimum wage earner may be the primary income. Um, rural areas have minimal work opportunities as well. Banks and insurance companies and other industries have led the way in increased wages in urban areas. But many times uh, in the country, we've got some uh, restaurants and a, a flower shop or a garden center and just not able to... Um, you know, keep up with the high wages that a person uh, can can get in the city. Fast food workers, the leisure and hospitality uh, industry, uh, restaurants make up the biggest number of minimum wage workers, followed by service occupations like personal care, health care workers. Those are injury prone, lots of twisted shoulders and bad backs uh, from lifting patients and moving them about. Maintenance, maintenance, grounds, um, and agriculture are um, are seasonal. Again, uh, lots of uh, independent workers uh, that may not even calculate by minimal wage. Minimal wage workers live in the South. Four point one percent of Tennessee workers earn seven dollars and twenty five cents or less, whereas the national average is two point three. So more workers here in the South, more workers in Tennessee. Um, the definition of a living wage is, is um, established by the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. It's the hourly rate that an individual must earn to support their family. 
The living wage calculator by um, MIT economists uh, feels that in Franklin County, the living wage is $9.88, or $20,550 annually before taxes. But in Tennessee, a minimum wage worker, $7.25 an hour, working 40 hours a week, full-time, would make only 15000 This is one, one adult. Uh, you add a child into that family, and what is needed for a living wage is $42,942. So uh, even with a second minimum wage job, uh, it wouldn't be very helpful to a single parent of just one child. And, of course, it increases with, with each child. Uh, and even that uh, single adult uh, wouldn't be faring well without working 16 hours a day, mm-hmm. five days a week. There's a um, kind of a case study that was uh, published in the Tennessean in May uh, 2nd, 2019, about a gentleman, a uh, single father responsible for two children. He was working as a cook at Crystal. He took a second job at a lumber company to make ends meet and fell into a cycle of relying on payday loans for car payments and at times second harvest food bank. He um, never had time to be with his family, he says. I barely had any sleep. I had to do what I had to do to make sure my family didn't end up on the street. Well, his earnings eventually tripled because he took a construction course through Goodwill of Middle Tennessee in Nashville and now works 10-hour days as a forklift operator. He's able to not only uh, make ends meet, but um, help his parents with their bills and is more present for his daughter and son now. 13 um, and 11. Uh, He says he's home every night. It feels really good. Everything is working better now. And I I bring him up as an example because there's a a lot of um, things to discuss in there. First of all, um, that education are important to get a higher paying job. It can be difficult in uh, rural areas to be able to get to training and be able to get to a better job. Uh, transportation, uh, need for child care and elder care, uh, plus the job you become qualified um, may mean that you have to move. And rural people don't like to do that. Mm-hmm. They like their country home. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of fear tactics uh, for increasing minimum wage. And these have been said over and over and over again in the last decade. And they're really, uh, studies have shown, aren't really true. People will lose their job. Prices will go up for customers for the product. Um, Businesses will close. But studies have shown that there's really moderate uh, impact when wages increase, and they're offset uh, by um, the benefits to workers. Another uh, advantage um, of minimum wage, a pro, is that it promotes employee loyalty and productivity, and it can decrease the use and cost of safety net Uh, government programs. Social implications, I mentioned, uh, we think about children unsupervised because mom or dad are working long hours. Family members uh, take care of elderly, ill, or disabled family members, which really saves the state a lot of money Mm -hmm. in nursing home care. And again, the the safety net uh, um, programs aren't don't have to be utilized if a patient ha- if, if a patient if an individual mm-hmm. you know has a living wage no food banks no free clinics 
uh, and Tennessee is a little bit adverse to a lot of social safety nets, and we'll talk about that with uh, um, uh, later on. So, but Tennessee boasts low taxes. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> well, of course, you know, uh, it's true. Um, you know, it, it's every state has a different tax structure, that's for sure. Tennessee has no income tax, but we have one of the highest sales tax rates in the nation. You know, depending on where you are and what the local add-ons are, uh, you know, if you're in a city, you're paying almost 10% uh, on sales tax. Mm. Uh, you know, which, I mean, small businesses have to charge that and then collect that and pass it on to the state. Um, I mean, you know, taxes are, are, in my view, what we pay to support our communities and our state, and it's basically what makes our communities tick mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, you know and you know what I find talking with with small business owners is that they don't they don't mind paying taxes they just want to be treated fairly mm-hmm. with their big business counterparts and I want to pick up on something you said also about minimum wage um, you know, small business owners realize that's a double-edged sword I mean the pros and cons that you listed, are very valid. Um, they understand that it might mean that they have to add ten or twenty cents, you know, to something in order to pay their employees more. But what they also understand is that I think the phrase goes, "A rising tide lifts all boats." Mm-hmm. And so, when you're talking about when you were talking about the statistics of you know, a minimum wage and just covering the basics of what an individual or a family needs just to put a roof over their head mm-hmm. and uh, food on their table. Um, if if they are earning more than what it takes to do that and have a little bit of disposable income, mm-hmm. then they're able, you know, business owners know that they're going to have a little bit of extra money to spend in their store mm-hmm. or in their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have the ability to buy their stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if they have that disposable income, their most workers are going to put it right back into their community, and that boosts the economy mm-hmm. of the local community. Well, and to save for a rainy day, when, when well, the car breaks down, I mean, uh, the car breaks down or a child gets sick... Uh, and there's no, there's no backup or there's no funds to try to repair that car or take that child to the doctor, they miss work. Mm-hmm. And people don't want employees that are missing work. Correct. You know, all the time with, yeah. with, with this and that. So, you know, the other thing I didn't mention about using um, resources in the community or government-paid resources is that most people want to provide for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and their families. You know, I think of this in in relation to the fear tactics we uh, that I mentioned about increasing the minimum wage. There's a, a lot of uh, anger and resentment uh, about people on the dole, on the take, and all that. And I think, I think if you say something often enough, people will start to believe it uh, and believe themselves. And so, really, I've worked with a lot of people in rural areas, a lot of poor people. And that is not that is not the case. So uh, 
Uh, we need to believe in people that they, they don't want a handout. They want to be able to take a class, get a better job, and provide for their family. There's just a certain amount of pride and just human dignity mm-hmm. that comes from being able to support your family, mm-hmm. you know, to support your child. And, um, and small business owners want to provide that for their employees. They're, as a group, um, they are idealistic. They want to treat their employees the way they would want to be treated themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they understand the practical side, that if they're providing a good wage for their employees, not only does it make them feel good about what they're able to do, but it also helps their community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, our governor, Governor Lee, uh, his first executive order when taking office in January of this year uh, was to call for an accelerated development uh, in distressed rural counties. Now, all state executive departments, 22, were to provide recommendations for how their department could better serve rural areas, and they were to make a statement of rural impact. That was due on June 30th. So it's it's mid-July, but but we'll give them a little bit more time so that we can hear about that. The areas of concern that the governor outlined was broadband, and he uh, did announce uh, on uh, in March that um, $14.8 million would go into broadband accessibility grants. Then they, that affected uh, 17 counties, Grundy was not one of them, which I was a little surprised because Grundy is the 95th county out of 95th, 95 counties in, in Tennessee. So they, they really have, have some issues, but uh, maybe we can talk about that with well, and I'll Michael say, Brady at some point. Yeah, in the and I'll just say here that, um, you know, access to broadband and, you know, high speed internet enables so many small business owners to work remotely. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so without access to that, I mean, it's critically important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially education. You know, yes, like, like, right, exactly. Yeah, for not only the school children, but uh, adults, adults trying to, you know, improve themselves and improve their... Learn uh, a new skill. Right, new, right. Access a new... Their productivity uh, and ability to bring in an income. So right. also... Um, Economic and educational opportunity was uh, highlighted in Governor Lee's uh, initiative. High school vocational training, agricultural education, and access uh, to health care, um, which, as Linda knows, is, is one of my special areas. And I warned you all, too, in the trailer to this <laughs> podcast. Spoiler alert, we're going to be talking uh, on the next episode with uh, Tennessee Justice Center, uh, who is experts in ten care and uh, Medicaid expansion and the block grant? So we're going to kind of compare uh, what what the the governor's plans are for health care and how that will work out. Since he is the only governor and we're the only state uh, requesting a block grant in the United States, and I think it's already being held up uh, in court or certainly some questions. Uh, by the by, the administration that provides Medicaid and, and Medicare. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. Um, and I will just I will just say, you know, that healthcare is is another big concern of small business owners mm-hmm. because 
before the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, if you had a pre-existing condition, and as one of our small business owners said, if you reach the age of 50, you know, you're going to have a pre-existing condition. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say you, 20 or 30. Right? <laughs> so, you know, um, there, there's, as you know, a, a lawsuit right now that is working its way through the courts that may determine that the Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional. And I can tell you that if that happens, small business owners will be panicked about that because it will go back to the to the time when insurance companies could decide whether you got health insurance or not or how much you paid for it based on your current health status. And many small business owners say they will have no choice but to close their business and go to work for a large employer mm-hmm. uh, who has a group health insurance plan so that they can get coverage. And what a loss that would be mm-hmm. to our communities and to these uh, small business owners who are entrepreneurial, following their dream and making a success of, of their small business if they are faced with you know, either not having health insurance or keeping their small business mm-hmm. open. Well, I think many people don't realize um, the the progress that having the ACA uh, has made in our healthcare delivery system. They uh, again, sometimes when you say the same things over and over again, uh, people believe it. And 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 again, drawing back to our news, uh, our news episode, you know, just really that's something that affects you uh, so much. It's complicated you know, medicine, but hopefully we can help you a a little bit with that on future episodes of this. But uh, it's, uh, the ACA has really made a lot of difference in our healthcare delivery system in ways that most people don't even know. Mm -hmm. So we will uh, hope that that works out for the best um, for all of us. My favorite part of the podcast is the action plan. Uh, Just what, what are we going to do with this information that we've, uh, received today. Um, We ask, I think, to uh, get involved in the community and support your small businesses. That's pretty easy. Buy local, try new businesses, uh, tell the owners uh, positive things, things that they could improve, invest in their investment. Tell your friends, be positive on uh, Facebook and social media. Now, the Small Business Alliance uh, has a lot of resources for business owners and people that love them. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Well, so, um, like I said earlier, uh, we're involved in networking small business owners and giving them the information that they need to understand how public policy uh, impacts them, the decisions that are made in Nashville, the decisions that are made in Washington, and then encouraging them to speak out, You know, whether it's a phone call to your local representative or your member of Congress, or a letter, or even a letter to the editor talking about how um, a, a particular policy impacts your small business. Um, and I would just add, Sandy, I, would, I just want to emphasize, too, what you said earlier, that um, one of the best ways to, to support small business owners is to um, shop local, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. They, they um, have uh, enough of a challenge on their hands competing uh, 
mm-hmm. with large national chains, large retailers, restaurant chains, when many times you can go, go to a small business shop or a local restaurant and pay the same or maybe a little bit more, but for much higher quality. And you're supporting your community, you're supporting that small business owner, and you're putting your money right back in Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. that community and being part of that rising tide that lifts all boats. Right. You know, also talk with your local government, your mayor, your alderman, your city council, the school board. You know, get involved and ask questions. Uh, A lot of small towns I've noticed are getting, you know, a paint job or they're planting trees. Uh, you know, maybe doing some traffic calming in an effort, you know, to bring some businesses back. See how you can be involved uh, in that. Maybe you can be a be a, a, a help, uh, even if you're not a small business owner. Uh, you know, you're doing it to support somebody, somebody else, a business that you care about or the owners that that you care about. So, so speak up, speak up to your state representative and state senator and Governor Lee uh, to. Increase minimum wage. It's it's looking like there there are people that are saying that that has less of a chance increasing the minimum wage than the minimum wage. So <laughs> if you believe some of the things uh, that we've talked about today, that could be a solution to many of our problems with poverty and uh, use of um, uh, social programs and that. So that that would be great to find your state uh, representatives. You can go to uh, online. You might have to go to the hospital if you don't have broadband or uh, high-speed internet. But um, it's capital. Uh, that's o c a p i t o l. dot t n. dot gov slash legislature. The governor's address for writing him a letter is state capital, first floor, six hundred Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, Nashville. Three seven two four three. A letter to the editor. Um, check requirements in the paper, uh, either your local, your town, or the state paper. Ask about the rural initiative. Did I say that about the governor? Ask him what about us. Let's see, what else could they do, Linda? Well, I would encourage, if you're a small business owner, um, I would encourage you to go to our website, uh, the Tennessee Small Business Alliance website. That's at business, T-N, T-N for Tennessee, businesstn.org. And, you know, look at some of the work we're doing. We have a lot of resources on that website. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, just do a Facebook search, Uh, We're on Facebook as TN Business Alliance, and you can see we have a lot of links there to some of the actions that our small business owners have taken, and, uh, you know, again, you know, see how they are advocating for policies that are fair, that give Tennessee small business owners that level playing field that we think we deserve. (laughs) I think so, too. I think so, too. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I hope that you learned a little something and can uh, put some action into uh, improving our rural communities. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about health care programs. And again, what about us? Excellent question for the governor. 
What About Us. Uh, we're on iTunes and Google Play. Tell your friends about us and tune in.